Hi guys, today I'd like to introduce you to Videoblocks.com, a website that allows you to include sound effects for podcast or video background on your website. With Videoblocks, there is no reason for your creative needs to be compromised due to budget constraints. You get studio quality stock including HD footage, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds and more for a fraction of the cost. Go to videoblocks.com and get exclusive discounts on millions of additional marketplace clips, where you save 40% and can use clips for commercial and personal projects. Videoblocks.com, all the stock footage you can imagine for $149 a year. Welcome everybody to another episode of Data Science at Home. In this episode, I would like to speak about something that is really magical. And, uh, well, we are engineers, right? Actually, we are data scientists and uh, we don't really like magics. So it would be nice to explain scientifically why such methods are indeed magical and uh, I'm uh, talking about ensemble methods that have been designed to improve the performance of each single model when the single model is not very accurate. So this sounds a bit not that logic. And uh, indeed, if you have a very poor model, uh, you're gonna uh, have an accuracy that is poor. But if you are considering a number of these poor models, everything becomes magically better. Ensemble model. This is Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. Here's your host, Francesco Garaletta. So, according to the general definition of ensembling, uh, Ensemble methods consist in building a number of single classifiers and then combining them or aggregating their predictions into just one classifier that usually is stronger than the single one. So there are different ways to ensemble classifiers. One is called bagging or bootstrap aggregating and the other is the boosting approach. So let me start with the bagging method. Here is recipe. We take n different bootstrap training samples with replacement from the original data. You train each algorithm on each bootstrap separately, and then you aggregate the results at the end. So what we are trying to do here is to slice the data with replacement, and this is very important, So the original data is basically chunked into pieces that can, in a way, overlap. And then we train the algorithm, the the classifier or a regression model or whatever you have at hand. You train that algorithm on each bootstrap separately. So no model is going to interfere with the decision of the other models. And at the end, you aggregate the results all together. So you can combine these results in several ways, for instance, a very trivial average, or it could be a voting system. Uh, So, for instance, if you are classifying something uh, with uh, true and false, you determine that a prediction is true or is false if the majority of your classifiers are telling uh, that it's true. 
And so it turns out that the bagging can reduce overfitting because there is overlap between classifiers, as there is overlap between uh, the data sets. This comes from the fact that we are generating a bootstrap with replacement. So generating bootstrap with replacement is key, is essential for uh, this uh, bagging procedure to reduce overfitting. Now, the key idea behind ensembling is that some models will do well when they model certain aspects of the data, while other models will do well in modeling uh, different aspects. And so, by putting these models together, the final accuracy usually increases overall, because every single model is contributing to solve the aspect of the data that that model is good at solving. Uh, think about a team of people with diverse backgrounds and, and let them solve a problem that requires, for instance, multidisciplinary skills. Well, it is very likely that they will perform better than the single expert with just one skill, even though that's going to be the Nobel Prize of something. So, in order to clarify this concept, I'm going to make an example with uh, three classifiers that are trying to classify patients in uh, a healthcare scenario. Basically, the idea of this applied data science method is to uh, predict if a person is healthy or sick by observing some clinical tasks and some DNA sequences of some relevant genes, for instance. So we will call these classifiers, for the sake of simplicity, X, Y, and Z. So we have just three classifiers. Now, the other assumption is that the single classifier performs with an accuracy of, let's say, 60%. So what is 60%? What does it mean? Well, it's, it's actually not that good. Uh, it's a bit better than, than flipping a coin or, or random guessing. So think about flipping a coin, uh, a fair coin, of course, uh, means that you, on the large, on large numbers, you're going to get 50% heads and 50% tails, right? So you have a, you know, 50% probability of getting it right. Uh, if you bet some money on, on, on head, uh, you are basically playing with random guessing. And so the chance of success as the chance of failure is 50%. Now, 60% means that when the classifier is saying that an individual is sick, this is correct 60% of the times. And uh, when they're also saying that the individual is, for instance, healthy, uh, this is going to be uh, also correct 60% of the time, but it can be uh, wrong 40% of the time. So on large numbers, so let's assume we have uh, 100,000 100, predictions, 60,000 of them will be correct and 40,000 will be wrong. So as you can see, 40,000 is a lot because imagine you, you consider this as a medical device. You know, you're going to inform, well, you're going to raise false positives for uh, 40,000 individuals and, and raise, generating false alarms of people who, who the method is saying that they are sick, but they're actually not. So in an ensemble method, uh, that considers all the three classifiers together. So let's assume we have 
three different classifiers that perform the predictions on by observing different aspects of the data. So, for instance, the first classifier is focusing on uh, traditional clinical lab tasks. Another classifier is very much specialized in observing genetic material. And another is observing environmental variable and family history, right? So there is very low correlation between these, these, among these three uh, types of data and therefore among the three classifiers and the three predictions provided by each. So uh, in an ensemble method that considers all the three classifiers together, what we can see uh, happening is uh, basically four different scenarios. Now, the first scenario is uh, when all the three classifiers are correct. And as we said before, each classifier performs with 60% accuracy, which means that uh, when are they all of three, all, all of them are correct. Uh, well, when the first classifier is correct, so 60% of the time, when the second classifier is correct, another 60, and when the third classifier is correct. So that will happen 60% times 60% times 60%, which is 22% of the times. So 22% of the times, all the three classifiers will, first of all, will agree on the prediction because they're, they will, all the, all the three of them will say, yeah, it's healthy or yeah, it's sick, and they will be correct. Now, the second scenario is um, when only two models are correct, which means that uh, this will happen how many times? Well, this will happen 60% times 60% for you know, the first two models that are correct, times the third model, whatever it is, is going to be wrong, and which means that that's 40%. So... When does it happen? How, how many times does it happen that only two models are correct? Well, 60% times 60% times 40%. And then we have to multiply all of these by three because the wrong model can be the first, the second, or the third. And we don't really care because they all have the same accuracy. So long story short, this will happen 43% of the times. The third scenario is that is when two models are wrong, which means that, again, we will have 40% times 40% times 60%, so only one is right, times three, because the right model, the model that is correct, will be, could be the first, the second, or the third. And again, we don't care because they all have the same accuracy. And this will be 29% of the times. Now, the fourth and last scenario is when, unfortunately, all predictors, all models are wrong. And they all agree with that, which means that this will happen 40% times 40% times 40% of the times, which makes 6%. Now, an ensembler that requires at least two models to be correct uh, in order to take a decision is an ensembling approach that using a so-called voting mechanism. This will happen uh, basically when, first of all, three models are correct, plus the number of times that at least two models are correct. And as we said before, that's going to be 22% of the times plus 
43% of the times, that makes 65% of the times, which is better than 60. That's the accuracy of the Basque single model. So as you can see, just by combining the decisions of the single model, that is not very accurate, is a, merely a 60%, we get already an improvement on large numbers with 65% accuracy on average. Now, I tried, well, I, I made some math with three more models that are slightly better than random guess, which means, um, well, I used something like 55% accuracy. And again, the ensemble model has an accuracy overall of 58%, which is, uh, it's like flipping a slightly biased coin and in some cases can be extremely helpful, especially when the single model for some reason is not really performing and um, and there is no way to improve the single model to specialize a new model or even collect new data because probably data is too expensive. Uh, still, you still have some chances to improve if you use an ensembler. Now, there is a trick uh, that I'm, uh, I'm not mentioning yet. <laughs> uh, all of this works as long as the models are not correlated. Because if you are using correlated models, that is, uh, when one model is correct, then the other two are also correct. So there is a strong correlation among models. Well, if that's the case, uh, uh, diversity will not actually be helpful. And so correlated models uh, in an ensembler will not work. So if your ensembling approach is not working, probably you should ask yourself, are the single models that, by the way, are called weak learners, are the weak learners correlated with each other? Because if that's the case, well, the ensemble is not, it's normal that the ensemble is not working. So don't, don't, don't freak out. You just have to change the weak learners and use something that is not correlated. So as a matter of fact, creating an ensemble overall, maybe more than, than just three weak, weak learners, can be and actually is beneficial to your data analytics pipeline because you will have a more robust predictor towards outliers and noisy data almost for free at the end. I say almost uh, because you will need definitely more computational resources in order to train each single model, which in turn reduces the number of experiments that you can run with respect to having one single model specifically designed to tackle the problem at hand. So usually, while it is possible to train each single model separately, and so maintaining and updating each model independently from the others, there are still some issues when the data becomes too large. Uh, sometimes training 10 or more models on large datasets is prohibitively expensive if you don't have proper infrastructure at your disposal. Now, probably the most recognized and definitely the most used ensemble method is random forest that uses decision trees as weak learners. And so the three models that I just mentioned, um, which I actually didn't specify what type of model is that, but in the case of random forest, these weak learners are the simple decision trees. Now, I say simple decision trees because uh, they are actually called shallow trees because they are uh, they have very low accuracy. So the key behind random forest is to use a very large number of weak learners of shallow decision trees. So what uh, random forest does is 
leveraging the powerful property of ensembling the decisions of every single classifier in a voting system. But each decision tree performs prediction for the same data by using different features or independent variables. And so it's very easy for a random forest approach to create um, a very large number of uncorrelated weak learners. Uncorrelated because they are trained on uh, different features of the same data. Now, of course, if the features are correlated, uh, and that is, that's called multicollinearity in, in statistics, which is very, very common. Uh, so if these features are correlated, are very highly correlated, it can be that uh, random forest will not work, or well, will not improve as expected. Why? Well, because the weak learners are correlated and considering more of them or many of them is not helping because there is a strong correlation among each other. Now, except for a few cases in which the parameter of a random forest approach are, are terribly wrong and, and therefore you, you do not see any improvement or any, any decent accuracy from this approach, for instance, when the depth of the single decision tree is too high, uh, or the number of trees in the ensemble is too low, usually random forest, uh, in all other cases, is a method that uh, kind of saves your reputation of data scientist, if you will, because it's a very robust approach and, um, and it almost always works. <laughs> I say so because I've seen random forest deployed pretty much everywhere. So, short and intense, in this episode I wanted to show you why it is usually beneficial to use an ensemble method, especially when the single classifier is really poor. And uh, that's all for today, thanks for listening. This episode is supported by Abe AI. The Abe AI platform joins advanced financial machine learning and natural language processing to give banks the ability to engage and support customers at scale using artificial intelligence. Visit Abe.ai to see how we are changing the financial services industry or how you can join our team. This was Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. If you like the show, don't forget to write a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or Podbean. You can also find us on datascienceathome.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get the latest updates. Thanks for listening. Hey, are you still there? Well, let me tell you about the newsletter of Data Science at Home. It's my free digest of the best content in artificial intelligence, data science, predictive analytics, and computer science. Subscribe now, datascienceathome.com.